podcast from Crew and Mike is, I think it's really cool and um, that is what I wanted to say. Two and a mic. I will keep this intro to the bare minimum. Our talk in this episode is about the wonderful characters Sakagawea, York, and the people they met on their journey. Of course, history has recorded this tale as the Lewis and Clark expedition, and no doubt it will remain so. However, there are other stories and factors that must be made known, and Aidan and I try to address the iniquities in the telling of this particular story, in a way which we feel apportions the correct amount of credit to each agent. Aidan is particularly vociferous in this episode, and despite the occasional morbidity of the subject matter, his striking terminology brings us colourful respite. Thank you, Aidan, for being so Aidan-like. Enjoy. Aidan, um... As we just in our pre-podcast preparation, just to stick in three Ps, because that sounds really impressive. Um, it does. It's been three weeks, bud. We haven't done it a has. podcast in three bloody weeks. It's been a long three weeks, too. I mean, Thanksgiving happened over in the U.S. We had our elections. I mean, my mom went over to Germany for a couple of weeks, and that, like, threw things out of whack in my household. But, uh Man, it's good to be back. I got to say, it's so good to be back. I'm stoked. Cool. It's great to have you back. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving indeed. Um, Thank I you. hope, uh, yeah, I, I saw a couple of photos um, of uh, when Tracy met Amber in Germany. Yes. It seems like they had a really good time. Yeah, lots of like checking out castles and looking at all the old historical things. And like, it was fun to see all the, like, she doesn't take a lot of pictures, which is, like, understandable. She's very, like, in the moment. Yeah, that's them right there. Um, yeah. They're very, in, like, she's very in the moment, and so she's, like, not taking a lot of pictures. But all the stuff that she took pictures of was just, like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Um, it was wonderful. So, so glad that she came back. She brought me, like, a stein. She got me this, like, a real nutcracker from, like, the uh, nutcracker, like, Christmas town in Germany. Like, she was like, this thing cost me, like, $100. She was like, this is a real <laughs> nutcracker. And I was like, Don't lose it. I was like oh. yeah, like, I've, I've been having, like, a nutcracker collection for, like, 13 years. And so this is, like, a real, real nutcracker. It's awesome. So I'm just like, it's awesome. So, okay. yeah, you were, that, that, that takes pride of place in your collection, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be the centerpiece this year. I mean, I've got some big <laughs> ones, but this one is like I'm going to I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to be like, look at my new brand new real nutcracker. So, yeah, yeah. I'm stoked yeah. about that. We're going to need a picture of that so that I can put it up because I can also apparently do individual episode photos so we can have like a, a picture of your uh, uh, yeah I'll send it I'll send it yeah. over absolutely good good, good. then uh, we'll, I'll make sure that that one goes up for for that this particular episode then. Sounds um, good to me. 
Yeah, so uh, people probably who follow the, the podcast know that we do lots of political historical uh, topics and we've begun two concurrent series, one uh, which looks at US presidents and rates them and one which looks at UK prime ministers and rates them. Um, I've also had this thought that we could look at some other prominent leaders from other cultures too, just to like, yeah. just to sort of throw in a bit of a curveball. I'm, I'm um, absolutely everyone. down for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do it. I, mean, I mean, we'll keep our main sort of series going because that's like uh, the bread and butter, as it were, yeah. of our political but these uh, are, analysis. This is a nice garnish for it. You know, like, I mean, the Lewis and Clark thing is going to be a nice, like, it's additional information that we're going to get to know about, like, how the future relations with the Native Americans are going to go, what kind of things like they're going to see out there, the like how Thomas Jefferson responds to everything that they see. I mean, it's going to be and I mean, fuck, I'd love to spend some time looking at like the Spanish Empire, like during this time and like like the Mexican army and whatnot. Like, I think that there's a lot to talk about that. I'm really just like, oh, yeah, there's there's a lot more going on, like other than just like the two main powers of the world that that we see you know uh, i'm stoked yeah i'm down no no absolutely and um as we've already spoken about uh, thomas jefferson and we've talked about the uh louisiana purchase and so therefore um this topic really does follow in that particular series quite well um, yeah, so do you want to talk, sort of introduce a little bit about the uh, Lewis and Clark, even though I've written somewhere Clark and Lewis, just to make things a bit original. But uh, <laughs> if you want to talk about the uh, the Lewis and Clark expedition, tell us what it is. I did some research on it, and there was a lot that I didn't know about it. I didn't realize that it wasn't just Lewis and Clark. I don't know why, but my brain, and I guess the way that it was taught to me, made me always think that it was just Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea. Um, Which, Sacagawea, there's a lot of different ways to pronounce her name. So, like, there's going to, like, I think you and I are probably going to pronounce it differently. So, there's a lot of different ways that it's been pronounced throughout, like, the documentaries that I watched just to get like pronunciations for her name, um, pronunciations for the tribe names where they came in. Um, but that's going to be like, Ooh, man, I don't, I'm, I'm going to, I'm probably butchering it every time I say it. So I apologize deeply for that one. But, um, in terms of like the beginning of Lewis and Clark's expedition, Lewis and Clark both kind of knew each other. They were in the service together during the Indian wars um and they had kind of a relationship together but it wasn't super like they weren't super deep um if yeah um lewis was from virginia when he was 29 he was uh like given the proposal of like hey you're gonna lead this expedition thomas jefferson was like you're my personal secretary i trust you with this job um and he knew that like Lewis wasn't exactly like he he had moments where he could be really rash. He needed somebody who was a little bit more methodical, a little bit different than him. So they decided that they needed to get a co-leader and that ended up being Clark. Um, the names like their full names, I didn't realize were like Meriwether Lewis. What a f- fucking weird name. I thought that was kind of fun. And then William Clark is just kind of boring, but it's still like 
I don't know. You always think of it Lewis and Clark, but they have like that's not even their first names. Those are their last names. I think that that's such a fun little thing that I didn't know. Um, Lewis being like the the expedition had already kind of been planned out. Like Jefferson, regardless of the Louisiana purchase, was like, I got to know what's out there. He was a very like Jefferson was a very scientific, uh, intellectual mind. He very much wanted to have all of these questions answered. Like there had been this idea that there was a Northwest Passage, this water passage from like all the way to the east, all the way to the west, like a direct cut through the the continent. And he was like, hey, yo, Lewis and Clark, go find that for me. Regardless of the Louisiana purchase, and then Napoleon gets in debt, he ends up being like, I need to sell this land. He sells it off to America, and then like he's like, oh, wow, this is even easier. We don't even need, like, it's not like he needed permission in the first place, but now he already owns the land, you know? So now he's just like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just fucking go for it, guys. And so they get together this crew of, like, 32 people. It's the core of Discovery. Um and it's comprised of like traders, Frenchmen. Um, there's a few Native Americans on there, like mixed blood Native Americans. And most importantly, in my opinion, York, who is Clark's slave, is tagged along on this adventure as well. And he is like kind of given this false promise of freedom by the end of this expedition. Like, you do this for me, by the time that you come back, it's all going to be free. Like, you're going to be chill. It'll be all right. And, like, another thing that was interesting about York is that York is the only married man in this expedition. Like, all of the other people are single men, Lewis and Clark included. They don't have any wives. Like, the whole crew is just a bunch of single ragtag boys and fucking York, whose wife is in the town that, like, Clark and him are leaving from to go meet up in St. Louis with um, Lewis. Like he's leaving his wife and his child behind and in promise of freedom. And then when they come back, like I'll talk about what happens when they come back later, like when they come back, but it's his story alone. I was just like, wow, I spent quite a bit of time just doing reading on York alone, just because I was like, wow, you are Wow. So, yeah, so they're all meeting up in St. Louis. They get this ragtag team of boys all together, just like I said, traders, Frenchmen, just pretty much anybody that they can get their hands on who's like going to be of use to them in this expedition. Um, and then following the St. Louis River, they just start heading up north. Um, and this, like right out the gate, they're met, like met with such a horrible like. They have these three boats and like for a few days, they're just pulling these boats like they can't get them up the fucking river. And so like Lewis and Clark are like, all right, boys, jump out of the jump out of the boat, get some rope and just fucking pull it. And like some of you guys are going to like push with some sticks and try to push off the bank. And like you've got eight to ten dudes like pulling these fucking things like i just can't imagine like backbreaking work they're just spending like in the sun it's hot it's gross like oh my god and york is out there being the fucking champion and he's like leading that shit he was the only dude who knew how to swim in the entire crew like 
I mean, fuck, man. This guy was a champion. He, like, consistently throughout their expedition, like, him and Sakagawea both were like, you guys are really dumb and don't know what you're doing. I'm going to help you out. And then, like, every time that they that they tried to help out, Lewis and Clark kind of had these moments where they were like, I don't know about that. I don't know. Like, but my my white man intellectual brain says otherwise. And then, like, they would follow along with Lewis or with uh, Sakagawea or whatever York had suggested. And then they would end up being fine. Like, and so many of the circumstances where Sakagawea led them in the right direction, like, she knew where they were at. She ended up getting them the help that they needed. Like... If it wasn't for her, they would have been fucked so many times. Like, it's it's unbelievable. I love it. It's like, you guys really didn't know what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, when I went into a bit of the detail, I decided quickly, perhaps prematurely, that, uh, you know, forget Lewis and Clark. I'm just going to focus on Sukogawea. Yeah. Um, because she strikes me as an you know, infinitely more interesting character um and then obviously I, I also came across york as you did too um and uh, i mean i didn't uh, locate quite as much information about york but the few tidbits of information that i, I picked up upon basically you you touched upon quite a bit of it there yourself um the interesting characters as you say um, um that they represented and so i really thought to myself do you know what Forget Lewis and Clark. Um, let's call this a Sukagawea episode. Yeah. And and I think we might do that. But what is also important to identify is, had it not been for this expedition, we wouldn't have known about Sukagawea These... and York. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's a really, like... It's important to recognize that it it is these people that are going out and doing these things, and that if it wasn't for them, like you said, like we wouldn't have known about Chicago Way, we wouldn't have known about the things that York had done. Like these are very important individuals. Like regardless of Lewis and Clark being, like they weren't super notable men in all honesty. Like they were. The time, like the only thing that is notice, notable about them is this expedition and the way that they were able to interact with Native Americans, because for the most part, it was overwhelmingly like welcoming and calm. Like they only had a few interactions like in the research that I did. I only counted two interactions between two different tribes where they things didn't go well. Um, however, I will also make comments that in like. The whole purpose of this expedition is to find what's out west, but also to like Jefferson's goal in this is also to create peace within all of the tribes, like the Native American tribes. He's like, everybody needs to stop being at war with each other and just start trading with America. Like, that's just what it's going to be. So Lewis and Clark, you kind of go out there, tell them that their land now belongs to, quote unquote, the great white father of the east and to just be okay with that and when they have like pushback especially with the sioux um the, uh, the, not too far along in their expedition like after they get through the st louis river they end up coming across the sioux and the sioux are very much like not 
for what's about to happen. Like they're like, no, we everything over here, like we're kind of middlemen in this trading thing. Like they kind of take a small fee from traders as they go up and down the river. And like, that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, they they're they're just kind of doing their thing. And Lewis and Clark are like, yeah, no, we're you guys need to join in with this or it's not going to be all right. And things start to get a little bit escalated. And they like Lewis and Clark are like trying to get on their boats and go away and just start getting up up the river. And like they're fucking like blunderbuss loaded and pointed at the Native Americans and the Native Americans are bow and arrow pointed at them. And like they're rowing away in this like standoff and their plan is to make peace with all the Native Americans, right? This is what really got me. Make peace with all the Native Americans. Make no war happen. After this interaction with the Sioux, they're like, we need to get all the other Native American tribes to team up against the Sioux. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, you plan? This... Ugh. You know, this old sort of maxim of divide et impera um, and, you know, divide and conquer um, yes. comes, comes back repeatedly throughout all of these uh, sort of colonial uh, powers uh, that we have come to discuss. Let's yeah. bring it back just a little bit because yeah, you, you've already started with the um, the expedition. It's, it's you're you're excited to get underway. I'm so yeah, like <laughs> I feel like there's so much in the ex- actual expedition. Like there wasn't much about Lewis and Clark's like early life that I was like, yep, this is worth talking about. Like it's mostly this expedition and like what they're gonna come across, the things that they're gonna see, the nature is like in my opinion, is so, like, amazing. Like, some of the paintings that they showed in one of the documentaries I watched, just, like, oh, my mouth is, like, dropped open, and I'm just, like, I wish... Like, I remember traveling through here when I was younger, but, man, I want to do it all again. Like, what an awesome adventure this must have been. Like, regardless of how horrible it was, I still feel like, wow, what a unique fucking experience to see all this land pre-development. Like, it's just so amazing. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, they only ever re- lost one person. Um, yeah. In the entire expedition, and that that kind of makes you, you know, obviously we jump again. I'm jumping ahead now. I'm guilty of this, but you know, <laughs> it's important to make this observation at the beginning because, yeah, had the Native Americans been such an aggressive people as is often made out, there is no way on this planet that less than fifty people could have gone all the way across the country and back again. Um, with only one person exactly with only one fatality that just wouldn't have happened um so so therefore we do kind of have to put that logical observation into context um and jefferson sorry yeah go on the guy who died was his name was charles floyd and he died of appendicitis like he didn't die of anything that they could have done anything about in this time period like his and very early was, on, isn't before yeah. the expedition even really started, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, it was like yeah. a few days in, they were doing the pulling and getting through the river, and like a few days after that, he perished. Like it was something that they just couldn't help. Like, and throughout this entire expedition, he's the only dude who dies. I mean, they travel for two and a half years, seven thousand miles. Like one death, fucking incredible. Like that was something that I took note of, and I was just like, wow that i didn't know that that's fucking insane like mm. it's yes definitely worth noting absolutely 
So Jefferson uh, wrote the brief as follows. The object of your mission is to explore the Missouri River and such principal stream of it as by its course and communication with the waters of the Pacific Ocean, whether the Columbia, Oregon, Colorado or any other river may offer the most direct and practicable water communication across this continent for the purpose of commerce. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. From everything that I've read, so they had two primary uh, missions, as it were, establishing an American presence on the territory before European powers came in to lay a claim, because even though they had made this purchase, um, that doesn't mean to say that other powers wouldn't come in and try to sort of, um, yeah, uh, what would you say, rain on their parade, as it were. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, at this point, they already kind of have like fur traders and have already penetrated through the Louisiana Purchase and they're already making their way through. Like, I mean, we'll come across once again, just because I'm so stoked, we'll come across a tribe later on when they get to the West Coast that already knows like English trading and they are very stuck up in their trading and they like they're like, you can't get anything past us. We already fucking know all this shit, motherfuckers. And like everybody else like that, they come across all the other tribes are way more relaxed and like they haven't like they're kind of just doing the commerce because they need to. And these other tribes that they come across have already encountered them. So it shows that, yes, people have already been making their way here. They've already done this like. Lewis and Clark are just like the first more formal expedition under the president's or direct orders, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it it was interesting to think about all the other individuals who may have already done this that are just completely lost to history. You know, it's wild. Yeah. Um, and, and indeed, I, I've made a sub note. So it's not just other European powers, but also the part to emphasize American as in the white man, American domination over the indigenous peoples within the area. So obviously this expedition is not there to establish dominion over these people because clearly they are not capable of doing so. Yeah. However, it really struck me later on that it could be said this expedition is also a bit of a reconnaissance mission, you know, Go out there, find out who's who, find out who's a bit more aggressive than who else. Um, yeah. What kind of numbers are we talking about? What kind of tactics and strategies? What weaknesses do they have? Because if yeah. I'm not mistaken, these are also military men. So therefore, they are capable of making those kinds of uh, sort of intelligent guesses, observations. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, that kind of. That strikes me as being a bit underhanded. But then again, that's the time that they lived in. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the second uh, part was to analyze and investigate natural resources uh, within the territory uh, and, of course, to establish trading relations with the indigenous tribes. But I think that was the secondary, very much secondary. Yeah, that definitely felt like more of a secondary objective, a like kind of a like a guise i guess like it's much more of like a i i would imagine that jefferson would have put that at the forefront and being like 
this is the main objective. But then, like, on the side, kind of being like, Ayo, Lewis, and Clark. Also, though, I need you to let me know, can we fuck them up? And that's pretty much exactly what they do. I mean, when they come back, they're taking notes of, like, all the tribes, the resources that they have, the ways that they go about combat. I mean, the different tribes that are more likely to go to war. Um, I mean, during the winters that they spend with tribes, because they do it a a couple of times, they learn about the cultures of the tribes and they learn how different and how, like drastically the culture is so different between so many of these tribes like i mean when they get to the west coast they're going to notice that the the way that the native americans speak over there is completely different they don't ride horses they ride on canoes like they are going like they take notes of all this shit because it's important to know because jefferson is going to be like yeah no we need to get out there we need to start getting into this and i mean it's it's going to happen so rapidly uh, I mean, we'll even get to talk about it by the end of this episode, how rapidly it happens. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah, it's also it strikes me as um, horrific in many ways, abhorrent. The fact that this tactic, it's not unprecedented. Um Cultures have done this. They send out these kind of scouts, these nice people, the ones who missionaries seem, is kind yeah. of is one of the words that I put down was like they feel like missionaries. They're coming out and they're like, we've got these great things if you join us kind of thing. And if you don't, you're going to hell like. Yeah. Yeah, these are sort of unobtrusive types, aren't they? Generally yeah. Speaking. But then, but then, what what follows is is the part which I find extremely distasteful. So it's the same thing that happened over in um, in India, in Afghanistan with the British, and it's happened here. These people have an opportunity with new cultures to establish relations. There was never a need to be uh, to go to war um, to shed blood establish relations you know mm. create the possibility of cooperation and working with them why do you go in there straight away to deceive them and then to screw them yeah, yeah. it's what the brits did in india and in afghanistan it's what uh, jefferson's government did with the indigenous peoples of america there wasn't Absolutely. that need why do it and you know, I hate the fact that history keeps on throwing these episodes at us. Um, and it, it does get um, frustrating because it never need to happen. Yeah, it's disheartening because just as you said, like the it's under this guise of like cooperation that this could happen. And we know that the intention all along is and the way that the indigenous people are seen is as these savages as these like crazy people who don't understand the white man's culture and they don't understand like technology like it's not that they don't understand technology it's that you don't it's that you don't understand their culture like you're not willing to accommodate to their culture the things that they do and because of that they see it as if they're not going to change, we have to force them to change. And like we'll see later on with like the schools that indigenous people are forced to go to that like 
whiteify them is the term that I'm going to use because it's just that's exactly what they do. Like they it's it's horrifying and it doesn't it none of this needed to happen in the first place. Like you said, like this was such a unnecessary move, like especially considering the relations that Lewis and Clark and the core of discovery had with Native American peoples, they did have pretty good relations. They were able to trade. They understood the cultures. They communicated. They like they tried to understand them. And if I feel as though things could have been different if Lewis and Clark were like doing this more on their own volition and it was more of just like a we're going to go out with this crew of people less under this guise of like figuring all this shit out for Jefferson. I think we I don't know. Jefferson would have found anybody else. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think that maybe this wouldn't have happened, but no, Jefferson would have found literally anybody else to do it, you know, like, and it would have happened no matter what, like the people period were already doing this. This is just a formal expedition. Like people are already coming across the native Americans moving out West. So like this is going to, this was going to happen regardless. I just, the violence and the formality in which the violence occurred because it was so much the United States government that took part in this violence and this pushing of the Native Americans out. Like, I don't think that that step ever needed to happen. Like, it could have much more been just like traders being like, all right, we're going to live out here as well. And now there's going to be more commerce between us and the Native Americans because we also live here and you also live here as well. Like, and more of an understanding of the cultures. And I think it would have been so much more amazing to see the joining of those cultures rather than the complete separation and push out of this culture that is now basically like we don't know much about the Native, like we still know stuff about the Native Americans, but it's so much less than we could have known if we didn't slaughter so many of them, you know, like so much of their tradition and and their storytelling is oral communication and once you kill off the people who can tell those stories there are no more stories to tell and i i can't help but imagine that that was also part of the plan was like well we know that they don't write shit down like fuck it if we kill all of them nobody's even gonna know like i can't help but feel as though jefferson or like later presidents had thoughts of those like we could do this because that's happened so often, you know, like throughout history, people have constantly done shit like this. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was somebody like Jefferson had this on his mind as well. You know, it's definitely a Christian tactic. Um, this is one which uh, essentially oversaw the, the spread of Christianity throughout much of pagan Europe because they were able to uh, apply the written word from which they were able to then um enshrined the importance of their own scholars within areas of power by sending information out which they could rely upon uh, and so on. So, yeah, I, I think that the there was a certain advantage which they used, um, unfortunately, unfairly as a result of their own ignorance of these other cultures. Um, yeah. And they, they took advantage of the fact that um, other cultures didn't have those ways or had never felt the need to adopt those ways. Um, yeah. Storytelling was far more um art related you know drawn as it were mm. um than it was written down um you reminded me when talking about the choice um i came across 
um, in my research, Jefferson's reference to his choice of Lewis. Um, and he said, it was impossible to find a character who to a complete science in botany, natural history, mineralogy and astronomy joined the firmness of constitution and character, prudence, habits adapted to the woods and the familiarity with the Indian manners and character requisite for this undertaking. All the latter qualifications Captain Lewis has. Um, and indeed, he also sent Lewis in preparation for the expedition to Philadelphia to mm -hmm. study stuff under Benjamin Raj, a physician, um, then Andrew uh, Ellicott, an astronomer, and so on. So as in, there was a lot of preparation for this yeah. expedition. We're not going to go into Absolutely. it too much, but as in, there was also a lot of political bargaining that he had to speak with. Um, I think it was, was it the Federalists? And so yeah, th there was quite a bit involved. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've jumped into the start. However, because there's another episode that kind of takes place contemporaneously in some yeah. ways. Um, so Sukogawea, born um 1788 there's no specific uh, thing about that date it's also interesting though because i when i was looking at, at her you know when she died on the one hand it says 1812 in december on the other hand it says 1884 yes. so she either died at the age of 24 or 95 which is yeah. mad isn't it i i did some reading into that and i like finding out like because there was a similar story with York that, like, York either died, like, young or he died really old. And the same thing with Chicago Way when I was doing my research of, like, these are two very different, like, I mean, fuck, dude. Like, not in your 90s and in your 20s. One or the other. It's like, fuck. Um, but there were beliefs that, like, the most common and... Like the 24 ages, what is believed to be what really happened, that she died of typhoid. Um, just like she went back to a tribe and ended up getting contracting typhoid and she just died. Um, and then the other one is that like she went on, like she went back to her tribe with, and then she went back to, like she went with. The original tribe that she was with, which I can't remember the name of, and then she went back to her brother's tribe and ended up living with them. And then she just kind of vanished off the face of the earth. And so it's one or the other. She either died of typhoid or she lived happily ever after. It's up to you to decide because this is history. It's just weird. Like, I was like, what the fuck? This is bizarre, dude. <laughs> These are two very different things, you know? And I mean, there was no like written evidence that of the second, like of the latter, that she did make it to the 90s. Like there was no evidence that that ever happened. So but there was lots of written evidence that she did die of typhoid um, in her 20s. So it, it, I would bet that the 20s thing is probably the one to go with. Yeah. OK, so a bit of background into her. She was sold to a. Quebecois trapper called Toussaint Charbonneau at the age of 13. Um, he apparently at the same time also bought another Shoshone girl. Shoshone was the tribe as his wife. She was known as Otter Woman. Um, and 
when he went on so because he was invited to participate in the expedition um, and at this time Sakagawea was also his wife mm. um, and she actually had a child which they called Jean-Baptiste Charbonneau um, and within two months she basically put this kid on her back and went along with her uh, Quebecois trapper yeah. husband um, and basically traipsed across uh, the southern United States from one side no to the other kidding. and back again. No yeah. kidding. She's Crazy fucking stuff, like, huh? Yeah, and I mean, even earlier on, like, she's kidnapped as a child. Like, that that's her very beginning is, like, she's kidnapped as a young child along with several other members of her tribe at the time, and that's why she's separated and, like, she's sold off and... Like, I mean, Lewis and Clark even say, like, that one of the main reasons why they hire her husband is for Sacagawea. Like, they were like, she knows the languages of the places that we're going to go to. She knows the land of the place that we got to go to. Like, she is an invaluable resource to us. We need to hire this guy. And regardless of the fact that she's just, like, she just had this fucking child. Like, she does carry this kid across america and back on her fucking back like all the pictures of her like all the paintings like she's got this like thing on her back and like w when i was younger i always like wondered what that was and like that's her fucking kid dude like she's got a child strapped on there she's like holy shit dude just like oh my god i couldn't imagine and just like in the ways that like lewis and clark kind of treat her along the expedition as well like there were a few points where I was just like, you guys suck. Like, I hate you guys. Like, they meet a native tribe who's got, like, this one gentleman's got this really nice otter coat. And Lewis and Clark are like, hey, take your belt off. <laughs> Give us those beads. <laughs> and they fucking trade Chicago away as belt of blue beads for the the fucking coat just because they were like, we want to give this to Thomas Jefferson. We think that this would be a great gift. And I'm just like, guys suck dude fuck you <laughs> fuck you it, it is it is amazing the amount of things that had to be essentially given up by Sacagawea and york um yeah. to, to help these people with their expedition um at least in the case of Sacagawea, there was some kind of recompense um but we'll come we'll come to that later on yeah we, we mm -hmm. you know these people are so great and you know talking about it we we both sort of recall certain things that we've learned about them and it's like yeah. oh wow you know it's almost like i knew them do you remember when she yeah she took off the belt and you know <laughs> it's like reminiscing about like old memories you're just like yeah. oh my gosh yeah <laughs> i'm just like fuck dude and like all these little other things but um yeah chicago way is just fuck man what a incredible character what an incredible person like if it genuinely if it wasn't for her fucking lewis and clark would not have made it period like i just i don't think that it would have fucking happened like she knew where they were going from the like vast majority of the time like she was like yep yeah, I, I got an idea like trust me and they were like i guess <laughs> she's like fuck you guys just fucking you asked for this help, you know, like, just take it, you know, fucking frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. And this this sense of 
you know, we know better than you, um, but okay, we'll follow you. Um, yeah. It's almost like begrudging their her yeah. superior knowledge in some ways. It's, you know. it's frustrating. Yeah, Clark, you also mentioned um, some of the um, topic. I mean, Clark was not very nice, um, I think, uh, to York, but he was nicer with his, uh, I suppose, reporting of um, Sakugawe than Lewis was. I hope I haven't got that the wrong way around. But um, it, I agree he, that I had moments yeah. where I was like, fuck, I think I've like flip flopped the name. So I. You're all good there. I, mm. I think it'll happen as well. Okay. But I mean, he, he notes in his uh, journal at the beginning, so a Frenchman named Chabon, he calls him Chabona, but it's obviously, you know, that's not the name. It's Chabonot. Yeah. Um, I get the feeling Clark and Lewis were not uh, the best uh, authors because there are quite a few interpretations or, which are sort of made with regards to their writing. Um, yes. Who speaks the big, belly language visit us he wished to hire and informed us his two squaw squaws he's written but this apparently this is squaw so this is a reference to a female native american were snake indians we engage which is engaged him to go on with us and take one of his wives to interpret the snake language so this is the essentially the the note which references them, Lewis and Clark, engaging uh, Charbonneau and yeah. Sakuragoa. It's uh, it's exciting. <laughs> I won't lie about it. It's exciting. Like, I think it's, I mean, Lewis and Clark had, in my mind, had hit some really tough patches right at the gate. And from the time that they hire Chicago way and her husband things I mean things don't get a whole lot better but they do get substantially like less bad in terms of like being able to communicate with the other natives that they come across um they're able to trade and barter better like Chicago way is able to find them food in moments where they're starving because like I mean fuck dude she knows the land better than anybody else who's in the, in the expedition I mean while Lewis is this incredible botanist and who does have the scientific mind for nature, he doesn't quite like all this shit is new to them. Like from the West onward, like they thought that there could be dinosaurs that were still alive walking in the center of this continent. Like they had no fucking idea what they were going to come across and so, I mean, anything's free game, you know, and so they really they really are lost in terms of just we got no fucking idea what's going to be here. And Chicago has lived in these regions for her whole life and she knows what to do. And like with her help, she ends up getting them to their fucking destination. <laughs> like they come across literally multiple forks in the river and she's like this one, this one. And like they're like okay like reluctantly all right and they end up getting there like she it's it's unbelievable she is she is their fucking savior through most of this like and especially like the idea like one of the documentaries i watched they had mentioned that the like the 
vision of Chicago way as well was such an important thing for their, for Lewis and Clark's mission in terms of just being a symbol of peace, like literally babe in arms coming up to these tribes. Like, are you really going to kill a lady with her baby in her arms kind of thing? Like, as opposed to here's 33 large men (laughs) rolling up to your tribe and they're going to be like, this is our land also and meh it's your that's your problem like it's send it's sending a different message now it's sending a different message for the the tribes that they're going to come across and i think that that's a really interesting uh, i thought that that was an interesting point of view and an interesting way to look at that well i think what it reflects is the fact that these uh, native american cultures were so vastly different to uh, what the americans of those days had seen before they would not have been dissuaded by the arrival of a woman with a baby um, yeah. if anything they'd have probably taken the woman and the baby and uh, raped the woman and killed all the men but yeah. um native americans obviously saw things very differently they had a different culture and they associated certain levels of importance to that and so thought yeah these people are not likely to be uh, a warring tribe they're here yeah. as you said peacefully and we shall approach them in a you know it's okay with a bit of suspicion but we're not going to just all out attack them yeah and I think as well, like during the time that they interact with these tribes as well, like York is of great fascination to the Native Americans. Like he he is very dark skinned, like compared to a lot of other like black slaves during this time. He is extremely dark toned and Native Americans had never seen a black person to this degree like so dark and one of the original recollections that like i think either lewis or clark wrote this down was that a native american like licked his fingers and rubbed york's chest to try to get like to see if he was dirty or something and like they were like whoa and the response i this was fucking weird this was so weird which is why i have to talk about it the Native American people saw York as a powerful figure because he resembled a bear. And the Native American people saw the bear as this powerful symbol. And so they like saw this giant, like he was like 200 plus pounds. He's like over six foot. He's a big fucking dude. The Native Americans are like fascinated with him. And the husbands of the Native American women are like encouraging their wives to have sex with York in order to hopefully have the weird like transference of their power into their offspring. Fucking weird, dude. I like sat there and I like was like, what the fuck is going on? Like in all the journal stuff too. like. Lewis and Clark both mention how often, like, they're like, yeah, no, this would be such a disgraceful thing for, like, us if, like, we saw our wives having sex with, like, a a native person, like, somebody random just coming into their village and just being like, hey, and now they're just having sex. But, like, the husbands were encouraging of this because they, they saw it as, like, 
with the whole core of Discovery, they were like, if we can get you guys to do this, we will have better trade. And the women were, like, in most of the research that I did, the women were actually pretty okay with this. Like, they also saw it as what, like, it, sex wasn't as, like, a disgraceful thing. It wasn't, it was a much more open type of thing that the Native Americans had a very different culture and understanding of. Um, and I just thought that that was wild. Like, the women saw it as, like, if they had sex with Lewis and Clark, they also possessed the things that Lewis and Clark had. And I was just like, what a, this is crazy shit, dude. And like the whole time they're like taking advantage of that. Like Lewis and Clark crew is taking advantage of these women, just like being like, yes, if this is what's, what it's going to take to have like the best trade, we'll do it. And, like, the husbands are also, like... Sacrificing themselves, eh? Yeah. And, like, the husbands are also, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do this. Go for it. Like, what a fuck... This is wild shit, man. This was, like... The culture difference is unbelievable. And, like, I loved, like, the weird little journal bits of, like, Lewis and Clark just being, like, if our wives were doing... Like, if we had wives and if this was happening out east... This would be such a crazy thing, but for these Native Americans, it's just fine. It's chill. It's whatever. It's not disgraceful. And I was just like, this is, wow, so you guys feel like maybe you're just like super blindsided at something right now. Like you're just like, we're just going to turn our eyes against this thing. <laughs> like if if the women feel as though they must sacrifice their own, like their own bodies in order to get better trade, I feel like you're probably kind of like turning a blind eye to that. If you're just being so accepting of it, you know, like, I don't know. There's a lot going on there that I was just like, I don't know how to feel about this. You know, like I'm so conflicted because like this feels wrong. This feels gross, but the research that I was doing, like it, the women seemed okay with it and like in this consensual way and i was just like i is it really consensual i don't know i don't know it seemed weird man that like that's why i was like this is weird this is so weird yeah this is why i mean we have to really um emphasize the fact we represent a certain type of culture which is um, perhaps in some ways very restrictive with regards to the way that it identifies certain relations with uh, sexuality. Yeah. Um, it has a very limited sense of spirituality outside of religious doctrine. There isn't yeah. really much leniency with the way that we kind of identify things. We're also very much based upon possession, possessiveness. Yeah, you know, this is mine, she's mine, he's mine, they are mine. Yeah. Um, and in at least it would seem in this case, you know, the spirit cannot actually be possessed of another person. Um, and if a culture of a certain group is such then you know that is their culture um yeah and yet we see it through the eyes that we have always experienced you know yeah. our lives our society they would probably i and i'm saying they and this you know it's extremely but the people who the tribes people who perhaps were engaging in this if they were to 
have visited uh, a Western, a white Western city and noticed how people limited themselves to living in um, concrete homes. Um, yeah. And they only ever really um, interacted with fixed groups of individuals. They didn't let really strangers into their homes uninvited. Um, yeah. And that in many cases, the women folk were not allowed to, you know, do whatever they wanted. Yeah. They would probably have said, you know, you are imprisoning these spirits. That's not the natural way. Um, yeah. And I can empathize with that. Yeah. It's a very different, like, cultural mindset to shift towards because, like, especially, like, still today, sex and relationships between two people is such a taboo subject to talk about. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's not something that people really feel comfortable talking about in an open environment, just like casually. Um, and there are multiple cultures today that do openly talk about sex and have very different approaches than, in my case, than America does. Um, and I think that it is very much that closed perspective of just like, I'm not like to try to understand these cultures better and just be like, these are the, this is their culture. Understand it for what it is, you know, like that's it. Like, and I mean, throughout a lot of the research of the tribes, just like the level at which the respect for women was so much higher. Um, the position that women had in tribes was so much higher. Like it, I mean, Lewis and Clark later on are going to come across a tribe on the West coast where the women are primarily the leaders and they're, that's going to be kind of a shocking thing for them because they're going to be like, the fuck is, we got to get out of here. This is weird. Like, and that's part of the reason why they do end up being like, we got to leave is because like, I mean, it's not directly because the women are in charge, but it is because the tribe there is so culturally different and because like they're very stuck up in their like trading and their bartering because they've already come across a bunch of other people who are like being assholes in terms of trading. So course they're going to be a little bit more stuck up it makes sense to me um but it it was such a weird thing to imagine like this these sexual relations in order to benefit from barter and trade like that it makes sense if you have this different culture that does do this already you know and has a different approach to sexual relationships and has a different approach to just this these interactions between individuals you know it's a very maybe perhaps i'm still so like culture shocked at it because i i do live in such a enclosed circle of like sex isn't something that gets talked about often um and i've been trying to be in f more friend groups that openly talk about things like this and try to get outside of my comfort zone just because it is something that's important in order to understand these cultures and to not feel like this weird level of like i feel uncomfortable about this and i'm just not quite sure why like it's weird and i don't really like that feeling and so it's good to like have a pinpoint of like that's why okay i understand that and that makes me feel like i just something to work on you know just like get more be more understanding me <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, by reading this material, we do get to experience some of these alternative, not only cultures, but also the times, the moments in history in which these cultures interchanged with a culture which we are more familiar with. I'm not sure which one of these cultures I would necessarily prefer to um, interact with. 
Yeah. And, you know, as much as it's possible to say, oh, but the Americans were sort of of European stock and so therefore, you know, of a morality which I would perhaps be more familiar with, um, that may be so. But I have to say, I find the um, Native American association with nature, the the world which surrounds them, the spiritual element to be infinitely more interesting. Um, Absolutely. Definitely one which you know, I would love to sort of identify more of. Um, and perhaps if we can, you know, finally find somebody uh, f- who um, is of this yeah. uh, sort of origin, then I'd you know, love to uh, to find out more. So if you can yeah. find that, that cool. Yeah, I've still got my eyes out and I will let you know as soon as I get something because I'm super interested in this. Um, cool. Just because it's like... I don't know. It's important to get those points of view. I mean, we, you and I are the, like, not to be like this, but you and I are the colonizers. And, you know, like, we are the people who represent, like, I'm an American, you're a British person. We do represent these countries that are, like, have done some fucking insane shit. And so it's super important that we do get these perspectives from people who have been impacted by our ancestors and the things that like our country has done to them um like regard like i mean i'm regardless of like i don't believe that my ancestors directly took part in those things but it's still super important to recognize that my country my nation that i am a part of has fucked you over so bad to a point where your story isn't told i want that story to be told you know like it needs to be told because it's not told enough. Like so much of the research was just like a bunch of white dudes being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like one Native American woman being like, well, actually, it was a lot more like this. And I was like, I appreciate you, ma'am. Like, thank you for making this a way more enjoyable, like documentary to watch because it felt like she was giving real information. And a bunch of these other dudes were just like Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark. And she was like, Chicago way actually was like, and then she talked about York as well. Like she was the one who mentioned the people who like whose stories I felt as though the other members were not representing or talking about. Yeah, it's actually a good point, um, because when I mean, I, I don't know how much of more detail we're going to go into because there's we've, we're already pushing on to past an hour. Aiden, I know. Yeah, I'm so like, it, what the heck is going on? Yeah, I know. Um but I mean, maybe we could just throw in a few more tidbits of information, and um, and and perhaps we can you know tie it up. But yeah. um, when you, if you go directly to read some uh, information on the Lewis and Clark expedition, you're not automatically going to be um, introduced to a lot of information about Sacagawea. Mm-hmm. However, if you go and do some research on Sacagawea you do get lots and lots about Lewis and Clark. And that also mm. kind of tells you really about the, the, the cultural bias, which still exists to this day. Um, one of and, and, you know, I will sort of hand over to get a bit more information from you directly about the journey and so on. But, you know, I think we're, we're obviously going to have to cut out a lot. But yeah. um, not a lot was known about this expedition for a long time after the expedition took place. Now, that I, that kind of stinks to me of two things. First of all, it's a bit like maybe the government wanted to keep it a secret. So they didn't want other powers to be aware of the details of what was identified. Um, 
And on the other hand, it was simply a question of, well, you know, let's file this away and because we want to do what we want to do anyway, and we'll just use it as a point of reference. So for the next hundred years, more or less after the expedition, nobody even knows who Lewis and Clark are. As in these these characters are, are forgotten. It's only yeah. after the centenary that some uh, awareness is reintroduced into the U.S. population. And then thereafter, another 50 or 60 years before. Oh, wow. Look at this. And then we're already more or less into you know, the good portion of the 20th century. Um, yeah. And then it's in the 2000s when the two journals are brought together and there is some proper invest- investigative journalism, as it were, proper research and building of a story, which is what yeah. we have sort of now become aware of. Um, that's quite crazy, too, isn't it? How these is treated in his by his has been interested, treated by history, I should say. It's a like, I mean, Lewis and Clark in the core of discovery being gone for two and a half years, most of the country thought that they died. Um, like by the time that they come back, most people had thought that they already perished along the journey and that they just weren't coming back. And so like they get back and this is very much down the line for their journey. Um, but I guess it'll make it so that way we don't have to talk about it later. Um, <clears throat> So on their trip back, they're seeing traders and like like fur trappers going through the rivers, like the places that they just spent all this time traversing where they hadn't seen anybody for months on end. They're seeing trappers and traders coming through and they're just fucking they're like fucking full go, man, like in like Thomas Jefferson said that. He couldn't imagine this taking more than like he was like it would take 50 generations to fill up the amount of land that we have discovered here. And it took America like five decades to fill it out, like very little time, like 50 years. And we were like, as soon as we found out that there was more land and more things out there, Americans were fucking going at it and they were going at it fast. And like by the time that. Lewis and Clark get back, it is easily forgotten because everybody else is already on the way out. They're already going. They already know that there's more out there. Like, I mean, there is this welcoming party that comes for them in St. St. Louis when they get back. And, like, Lewis ends up um, being appointed as governor of the Louisiana Territory by Jefferson as, like, a reward And he's told, like, all the shit that you, like, all the journals, all the research that you did, I need you to compile all this information for me and give me, like, a report about all this, like, like hundreds upon hundreds of documents, journals, maps, all of this. And Lewis is, like, extremely overwhelmed and he ends up fucking killing himself. Um, he shoots himself in the head and in the chest on the, on his way to Washington, D.C. in order to like he's like going to D.C. in order to be like, I can't do this anymore. Like my health is suffering because of this. And on his way, he's at like a, a roadside inn and his slave comes in after hearing a couple of gunshots and he's got a bullet wound in his head and a bullet wound in his chest and he's bleeding out on the floor. And like. I, I'm not going to lie. I think that that is also 
another reason why the like a lot of the shit that with the expedition why we don't see a lot of it is because Lewis was in charge of compiling it and he killed himself like he didn't end up writing a single word of the things that Jefferson asked for after like six years like he didn't do any of it he couldn't like he wanted to go back out into the wilderness and just go do his own thing like Clark did I mean Clark got some land and he just like I mean I actually I don't think that was Clark I think that was another like high-end general that was like involved in the core but like all these other members were compensated with like pensions and large plots of land like hundreds of acres and like he's given this political duty that he is not ready for whatsoever like he had just spent two and a half years exploring all this land and then you're like all right get into it buddy like fuck man i can't imagine how difficult that must have been for him as an individual like like god damn dude fuck and so i i do imagine that that must have played a huge role in terms of like why we don't see a lot of this is because of that circumstance you know Mm. I, I find it interesting that somebody would shoot themselves as suicide twice, once in the head, once in the chest. Uh, that kind of speaks to me as the possibility of some other uh, person's intervention. But uh, I, I also agree with that because I thought that it was rather interesting. But all of the firsthand accounts of the incident showed like that his slave wasn't around like there there weren't really anybody like there wasn't really anybody who would have a reason to go after him in that sort of way aside from his slave but like his slave was a guy who came in and like like found him dead on the ground you know so i don't know it's a weird situation but i can't imagine why you would do that other than to like be like a surefire way you know like in case something fucks up here at least I know that I'm going to die. Like, I mean, if you fucking got one one to the head and one to the chest, if one of these doesn't work, if you can't stop a bullet to the heart, you can't stop a bullet to the head. Like, you yeah, have to be, but, like, super morbid. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's the, that's the problem, though, isn't it, with the story? Because um, you only need one. Um, I mean, you if should. somebody's been sh- shot in the head, they're not going to then thereafter shoot themselves in the chest as well, and vice versa. Yeah. I imagine. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 all the stuff that I said was that it, everything pointed to a suicide. It was not a murder, but the bullet wound to the chest and the bullet wound to the head. I was still like, I was definitely like, this is, mm. huh? But yeah, I, I'm just trying to think like. If I was in a situation like that, if I was so desperate that I was just like, I I can't do this, like, I don't know, I'd want to make sure that it works, I guess. Like, that's super morbid and super fucked up to say out loud, but, like, it's, I feel like if you're in such a point of desperation, you could get yourself into those points, and I could see it happening for 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 him. I mean, it does mm. happen for him. Mm. Like, scary. So we we okay we haven't covered the the details of the actual trip as well nor have we covered some of the um, tribes with whom they met I think we should go into some of the yeah. some of these yeah, these elements as well absolutely um, time is an issue do, do you want to talk about yeah. a bit, bit talk about the tribes at least uh, the other scientific elements that they've natural history and natural biology stuff we can forget about but the, the tribes we can go skip for it. that yeah. yeah so post meeting Sakagawea. 
they are going through these tribes um and luckily they end up coming across Sakagawea's old tribe that she was kidnapped from um and like just coming across a war band and the war band ends up being her brother um as the leader of the war band which is just like extreme luck um and upon coming across these tribe this tribe in particular they end up trading for horses and they can now traverse the rocky mountains just like the horses are more of like a pack mule type situation just throwing on goods that they're traveling with um they make it across the rocky mountains after like eight days of just horrible weather um the native american group that they traded the horses with was like hey there's this path through the mountains that's going to take five days but it's going to be really low on like game food that you can eat so that's what we got for you and so they go up through those those mountains it takes them eight days they like end up eating um like wax they end up eating their horses like some of their horses and they make it through the mountains kagawea ends up communicating like finding another tribe and they end up coming across them and by this point they're very much on the way like they are dead set on just getting to the to the ocean and they do um this is very much like a blast through it but they build some canoes they take the columbia river and they end up making it like at one point lewis actually says that they make it to the ocean they they've seen they're seeing the great pacific and they're sailing on it right now on their canoes but it was actually just that the Columbia River gets so wide that it just looks like the ocean and that they hadn't even reached it yet. And so they finally reached the uh, northern coast of Oregon, southern Washington now. Um, and they're like, ka-chow, we made it. Look at this. We made it. Fuck, it's wintertime. We got to settle down. And so they they build a fort on like in this really mossy, foggy area. Um, there's another tribe there. Um, and they are just the culture difference is so drastic that they are like they're significantly shocked at what it's like like the people speak a different language it's said that they spoke like chickens like clucking of chickens um, was a description of the way that their language was spoken they sat like frogs they used canoes instead of horses they like farmed the sea instead of the land like this was a very different culture and a very different group that lewis and clark came across and it was very much this like culture shock for them of they come back and they reach their goal and they're like wait a second these are not the same like they were expecting the native americans to be the exact same throughout all of the america like all of america um and that's not the case. Like all these tribes are so drastically different. They do, based off of the location where they are, they accommodate to the land around them. And they don't like, they don't do like what America does in terms of just like, give it to me, tell me everything you know, and now I'm gonna utilize all this and just kind of like also at the same time brush it off because I don't really care. I've got this one goal in mind. Like the Native Americans are utilizing nature and they're respecting the nature around them. Like they move with the food and they go where the food goes. And so like this, these are very different cultures that they're just not used to. And the females are the primary leaders of this particular tribe on the West Coast that they come across. And so like this is, this is very different for them. Um, and so they end up trying to leave a little bit early. They're met with a bunch of snow and that just 
it goes horribly, and they end up coming back to the fort that they built and trying again a few weeks later, and they end up getting through, and this is like four or five months post um, just with their fort on the West Coast. Um, and then they leave and then go back to St. Louis. Um, and just like the culture differences between the tribes that they interact with, on their way back, they have this interaction with the uh, Blackfoot tribe. Um, and this is one of, this is their only like confrontation that they have. Um, one of like the Blackfoot warriors are trying to like take the Lewis and Clark's guns and horses and Lewis and Clark aren't having it. And so one of the members gets heated and um, shoots. Like, I guess one of the core of discovery members ends up stabbing one of the Blackfoot warriors. And then another member of the core shoots another member and they just kind of disperse like, Nobody on the core of discoveries and dies. It is like a, it, it freaks them out and they just kind of flee away. Um, but with the bodies of the two native tribesmen that they killed, they put them in a peace medal around their neck um, as like a sign that this is the future is what it feels like of like they lay them to rest with bows and arrows and then around their neck, the American symbol of peace, like the medal of peace. And to any Native American who would come across this, this is, as this person in the documentary described, this is a calling card for America at this point. Like, it's a sign that this is the future. This is what's going to happen if you don't cooperate. And... It's exactly like it's a tell it, it's it's what's going to happen, but it feels like such a weird fucked up thing to be like, you died. and Here's the medal of peace, like because we were the ones who got angry and we shot at you like it's such a weird thing. Um, and this is like their only negative interaction that they really have with the Native American tribes during their um like entire expedition of two and a half years it's fucking incredible that it like that nothing else happened but at the same time this is such a weird weird interaction that it's like this is what's going to happen from here on out like past this moment is like bloodshed trail of tears everybody's going to be getting themselves pushed out of here um and yeah it's just painful yeah, this is something that this is a topic which we're going to uh, talk about as we also go through um, other presidents um, that follow, because this is a, a very much a concurrent uh, episode or, or chapter, as it were, many chapters in the development of, of the country. Um, mm. Just also quickly to refer back to York, um, as you said, he kind of had this feeling that he would be released upon the termination of the expedition. Um, mm -hmm. Clark, however, refused repeatedly, um, even though, as you also said, all of the other explorers, they were rewarded. They got double pay. They got land. York got nothing. Uh, in fact, Clark whipped York 
and put him in jail. Yep. Um, and you know, thereafter, it's as you said, there are different rumors as to what happened, whether or not he he died younger or older. Um, that one, that particular point, we can leave to the discussion uh, for other historians. I will but, tell you my favorite if I can, though, because I yeah, do have a favorite. Yeah, please. But to, just to say yeah. that um, yeah, it's important to stress this point. As you said, York was a hugely important figure for this yeah. entire expedition for a number of different reasons, for the help that he gave, for the impression that he left upon the indigenous peoples who had never seen a black man of his like before. Um, and yet for his rewards to essentially be a whipping and to be yeah. thrown into jail. Um, yeah, I'm lost for words, really. And I think yeah. you know people listening to that or who were not aware of it or people who were aware, were aware of it and would like to reflect upon it would perhaps um, have a better choice of words than I would. Yes, please tell me your. Yeah, yeah well, let's conclude with the, the York story then. So your yeah, favorite. I'll, I'll, f- yeah. I'll finish up with York with um, his possible ending. That is my favorite one that I read was that. He goes back to Louisville and he becomes like a cab rider, like on the horse and wagon kind of deal, um, because that's where his wife is. And his wife has since moved. And like because she is also a slave, she's been moved to a different state. And he is like, well, this sucks. So he ends up running away and joins one of the tribes that he came across um, with Lewis and Clark and joins them um he ends up becoming a quite prominent member in the tribe as well um there was a french fur trader who ended up coming across this very like matching the description of york um who the man claimed that he traveled with with lewis and clark um years before like years prior he had already come through this land he knew the people um and this Frenchman took note of it. He like wrote it down multiple times because he came across York multiple times. He went out west um, and on his journey west, he came across this tribe and he came across this very large um, black man who claimed that he traveled with Lewis and Clark to the west years prior and that he had an understanding for the culture and that this is where he ended up. And then the Frenchman came back. And he came across the same guy and he was like just more conversation, very friendly man, uh, matches the description of York himself. Um, and it said that he lived until he was like in his 70s or 80s. Um, but there's just not much known about it. But I personally love that story. And I I hope that that's what happens for York, because like especially like he was during the expedition, he's experiencing freedoms for the first time like he's gone out he's going out hunting he's a fantastic marksman he gets to barter and trade with the native americans by himself he is going on scouting parties like and then to come back and be forced back into slavery like of course he would be adamantly being like telling clark like i i thought that i would get freedom from this and he was his, he was even allowed to participate in a vote yeah the expedition. yeah 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 which kind of makes him, you feel as though oh he's being respected more right yeah like there there wasn't a lot in the stories about york that really showed that he was a member that was seen 
like lesser than than any other member of the Corps of Discovery, aside from the ways that Lewis and Clark talk about him in their journals. Like, aside from that, every member of the Corps of Discovery was an important member, and that includes Chicago Wea and York. Like, they were huge figures for them. I mean, like, York was the only member who could swim. He knew how to use a rifle, which was weird because he shouldn't have known how to use a rifle as a slave, but he was an incredible marksman. Like, he killed an elk for the fucking crew at one point, and they ate it. Like, he'd never seen an elk. He took notes of all the different species of animals and different things that he saw. Like, he was a core member of this crew, and he doesn't get any compensation. He doesn't get any rewards for it. He is completely, like, sided off, and Clark punishes him for it. And that's why I really deeply hope that his ending is that he ends up, like, running away, getting freedom with a Native American tribe, and becoming, like, a leader in that tribe. Because everything that was said in the documents that talked about what could be York in this tribe was that he was a very highly respected member of the tribe, like possibly even the leader of the tribe at this point. Like, great man. I really fucking just hope that he doesn't, like that he just didn't die young in, in this shitty situation because he did, him and Sakaga both deserved like what felt like the world and they were given nothing, you know? Like, so unfortunate and meanwhile lewis and clark are the ones who get all the like praise and like they're the ones that we talk about more than chicago or york i didn't know about york before i did my research like and that was heartbreaking to learn about this person who did all of these things just to be rewarded with nothing like fuck man that sucks Yeah, and in fact, we will give credit where credit's due, and um, we will start a movement here uh, to call this the Sukagawea and York Expedition. Um, Absolutely. Of which Lewis and Clark were willing participants. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, okay. Hired cool. by the president. End of story. <laughs> like, York Absolutely. and Sukagawea were the, were the real members of the core of discovery they were the real leaders of the core of discovery i'm hopeful that somewhere out there there is an alternative reality which points towards that story and maybe somebody there will somehow listen to our podcast and say wow these guys knew what they were talking about yeah um, i hope so yeah that would be nice if somebody can think that we'd be extremely happy um yeah aiden it's um it's it's amazing i actually when doing some of the research, I thought, okay, are we going to have enough material here? And then you're like, oh my God, you know, we're, we've been here talking for an hour and a half. And we probably had to cut God knows how much yeah. of the story, but um, you know, maybe at some point we'll refer back to it um, in, in some ways. Um, but, you know, thank I'm you very sure much. That, yeah, yeah I'm sure that we'll talk about like some of the things that they come across later on. And like, I think it'll be a good place to start with, uh, with James Madison and, like kind of talking about what this is going to do for James Madison. Um, but I'm just super excited to keep going with the podcast. Um, hopefully it's not going to be another three weeks before we sit down and do this again. That was. I'm pretty hopeful that uh, yeah. yeah, this over the Christmas period, we'll find some yeah, more opportunities. Yeah. But you're right. Next up is Madison, I believe. And so yeah. um, 
yeah, this this will follow very smoothly into uh, that particular story as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, Aidan, thanks a lot for the yeah the research, um, your your thrilling enthusiasm, um, and uh, yeah <laughs> the way the raw way in which you express yourself, which people are definitely becoming familiar with. Um, and yeah, um, next time I hope will not be too far away. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I have a good feeling about it. Oh, my God.